Hey guys, welcome to the show. This is On The Grill, and I'm your host. My name is Paul from Grilling With Coda. Be sure to follow me on Instagram, at Grilling With Coda, to stay dialed into the latest podcast news, and you can check out what I'm grilling up. You're going to want to follow my next guest. This hunter is a bare-knuckled fitness junkie who, as of recent, has been throwing down some solid meals on his camp chef. He's become a great friend of mine and has been repping Reload Rub to the fullest. The buttery biscuit himself, my guy, Spencer Kersey. What's going on, Spencer? It's really a, it's a pleasure to meet you, Paul. Can't believe we're actually doing this. <laughs> it's, been, it's been in the making for a little bit, so yeah. I'm glad we're doing it now. Yeah, dude. Actually, uh, it turned, you were the one who kind of wanted to start it first a little bit. It's very true. You kind of stepped on my toes there, and I'm, I'm a little, you know. I stole your thunder. Of, you stole my thunder. No, it's okay. Uh, yeah, dude, I had an idea, you know, we had the idea of like throwing a pod together, but um, I'm glad you actually had the huevos to do it. And uh, here we are, dude, the inaugural sewed. Christening. Cheers to yeah, that. Yeah, cheers. Huh? Long so distance, good. cheers. So I got the IPA going. Spencer's got the, the bullet. Yeah, that Coors Latte. Mm. So good. What do you think about that whiskey this, this uh, New Year's? Uh, I wasn't a fan. To be completely no. honest. But you like regular whiskey, though, right? I love whiskey. I'm a Straight huge up on the rocks? whiskey junkie. Give me, it. Give, me, give me a nice cube, and we're good to go. But I was... Should we, should we mention the name? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't want you to get lost on, like, you know, a future sponsorship by Screwball. Uh, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, Screwball. 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 It's in my story. Butter whiskey. I just found it very sweet. Very sweet. I loved it. I had it on Christmas, and uh, four glasses deep, I saw it going south real quick, so I had to stop. Yeah, yeah, four glasses of pretty much anything is going to start going south. <laughs> so whiskey for you on a special day, or just no, man, whiskey whenever. I mean, I yeah, I can't I can't say no to it. You know what I mean? So if you if you came over here with whiskey, um, I would have to say yes. I would have to say yes. So. Yep, that's my whiskey story. Story. Scoring. Scory. All right, man, we just threw down some uh, competition-style reload rub wings. What do you think about that recipe? That was the actual method that they used, well, method and recipe they used at uh, Egg Fest, I want to say. Um, well, one, my face is still melting. They're so good. So good. So hot. So good. Uh, but, yeah, that was really, really good. That competition rub, damn, dude. So competition means it's a blend of double action and pack and heat. They used a six to one ratio. Uh, Spencer never had it. I've had it. I've messed around with it. It's, it's awesome. It's two, two of the best rubs you can put together and combine. Mm-hmm. And they figured out the ratio and it, it won and it wins. So I agree, dude. That was like literally the perfect flavor. And what did you pull them at? One, 185. 185. Now, uh, yeah. if you talk to the White Law. So juicy. Yeah, 185 is good. I think they pulled them at 195 at competition. Might be a little too crispy for me. Uh, 185 is not bad, but 185 was, was, was on the money for me. Yeah, 185 was really good. I don't, I don't know if White Law even knows what he's talking about. He might. You might want to check him out. He may. JK, make. bro. Just kidding. You're the, you're the best. All right, brother. I want to get into your bread and butter. Okay. Hunting. Let's do that. So by title, you're a Southern California public land hunter who uses Correct. the recurve. Correct. That I'm sounds a little weird. I'm an absolute idiot. There's no reason to want to put yourself through as much torment as I've put myself through this season. Now, I've lived in Southern California my whole life. And to say that I know a Southern California land, public land hunter, is, it's odd to say because there's not very many of you. 
Yeah, I mean, we're definitely out there. We're, but I mean, when you're talking Californians and specifically Southern California, um, yeah, there's not a whole lot of us out there for sure. Um, we kind of deal with, I mean, our our deer numbers are not like everybody else's. We're pretty we're pretty low when it comes to numbers. Um, basically, you know, if, if you're looking to do some serious damage in, uh, the hunting community or the hunting space in California, you're going to want to go to Northern California. That's the, the terrain's different, different numbers up there. Um, Southern California is just <laughs> pretty much, I'm, I'm in the worst place imaginable. Right. Because all the be good, the good land has already been used in Southern California. So that whatever public land is left is I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm familiar with the terrain. It's it's not it's well, so very we, hills. Yeah, so hills. yeah, the, the actual terrain itself, um, uh, for the most part, it's manageable, but it, it's not it's not like flat flat plains or anything like that. It's a lot of up and down, uh, a lot of elevation change uh, for us. So I mean, like this this last weekend, you know, you're putting in eight miles, you know. And at the elevation we were at and the constant up and down, I mean, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, our terrain in general, aside from that is, uh, just, just the foil, uh, the foliage that we have down here is not the same up there. And, uh, the, the food that they're dealing with up there is just, you know, it's, it's just way better for them. Than what we what we have down here, and and that's not to say that there you know aren't quote monsters down here. There's monsters. We got some we got some big bucks down here, but you know they're few and far between. You know you're gonna just in, in California in general we've got some, but um, if you're gonna really try to go for a monster, your best chance is. But you think the terrain and and the foliage that they're eating has to do a lot with their size of not being as big. Yes, down in just the numbers and their their size alone. I mean, the buck that I shot last year, I I have a joke about it because its antlers were as big as some salad salad tongs, you know. So, um, and and again, a doe is probably the same size or could have been even bigger, to be honest. Um, they're just they're just not big. They're just not big out here, you know. And you look on Instagram, you look on everybody else's highlight reel, and you see all these absolute giants that people are plucking out of there and um uh yeah it's a it's a different ball game for sure i don't mean absolutely it is what it is dude it's 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 par for the course for us and we just you know have different obstacles that that we have to you know overcome now you choose to shoot or hunt on public land by choice this correct correct well one so i do for a few reasons um we have there's something in california like we have amazing public lands at our disposal out here. There's some beautiful, beautiful pieces of land that we're lucky enough to uh, be able to roam freely whenever we want. Um, unfortunately, that you know, a lot of it's being put under attack lately. Um, our current president is, you know, kind of bouncing around, bouncing around the idea of uh, selling off uh, to, you know private endeavors, um, which would be a, a huge bummer to us because, I mean, you don't, just don't think about hunting. Think about other activities that you would use for public land. So probably one of the most popular would sure, be when, hiking. When you're talking about land in California, you're talking about money. There's definitely money to be made on land in California. Oh, yeah, obviously. 
obviously yeah i mean it, it with with everything there's there's always going to be a dollar figure somewhere you know somewhere lurking but yeah if you just think about activities that um uh that we commonly use is hiking fishing hunting climbing and i mean public lands aren't just um aren't just uh labeled as like actual land like think about oceans and lakes and all that kind of stuff so um the idea of being able to lose all that um is is not good it's not good for us and um one of the the uh the major things that we're trying to drive home is just like go use public land go use it and take care of it because there's a situation that happened in joshua tree not that long ago which a bunch of people trashed Joshua Tree, and it was a huge bummer for everybody because that just kind of shows and tells the people who are running the show that oh well, if they're going to just act like this, you know, to, and Joshua Tree is a very well-known area. If they're going to beautiful, yeah. you know, beautiful, but if they're just going to treat this area like that, well, let's just take it away from them because they're not, you know, respecting it. They're not taking care of it. They're not enjoying it the way they should be. So, um, so yeah. So I mean, there's a, a a multitude of different reasons why I do public land. Um, one of them is, to be honest, uh, uh, money-wise. I mean, it, it cost me forty bucks to get a deer tag, versus you know, if I were to want to do something on private land, God knows how much I'll be charged. Um, we were we were having a conversation about this earlier. Um, you know, so we we do technically have wild hog, and and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but the number of wild hog we have in california is damn near close to like texas and i mean texas is like literally just littered but there's there's feral hogs texas right correct right free roaming free roaming there's they literally gun them out of helicopters and everything which i mean i kind of have a problem with because a lot of that just goes to waste but anyway our numbers of wild hog are pretty up there um but 90 percent of them is on private land. So wild hogs like to do something called rooting. And it's like go underneath cattle's cow pies, really, essentially. And they get all the things that are underneath that. Um, all the bugs and all the minerals and everything that are underneath the cow pie. Um, where are you going to find cattle? On private land. Absolutely. So private land, ranchers, uh, farmers, they all realize that they're kind of sitting on gold. And so now they charge, <laughs> uh, and again, they try, to, they try to sugar it up with like, oh, we got a roof under, you know, you, you got a cabin here, we'll feed you, blah, blah, blah. But it's like one of the prices that I saw was like $650 to go hunt wild hog in California, which is already invasive and it's being a nuisance to a lot of people, but they're just trying to flip it and make some coin off of it. 650 if I wanted to spend that kind of money to go hunt, I could go to Utah and go hunt elk for yeah. a non-res. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's stupid, to be honest. Like, I, I would never give someone my money, uh, at least that much money, to go hunt wild hog. Is there I'm such a thing as, as private land deer hunting? Is oh, that, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. For sure. Oh, yeah. There's wild, there's wild or I'm sorry, there's, there's private land hunting for everything, really. You know, anything you'd want to hunt. It, sure. It's, 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 it's out there, but... Uh, for us, California, it's, it's, you know, wild hog is, I've been on this mission to go find wild hog on public land and, and it exists, but it's, I mean, again, 90% of it's on private land. So it, you're going to be hard pressed to find it, you know? So I seen a number, it says, uh, 15% of land in California is public. 
and you were saying that you definitely see that number decreasing. Uh, I would say if it's not decreasing, well, you, you spit out that statistic and you're, and you could be completely correct. Sure. Uh, well, it's from the internet, so it's, it's hundred percent right. <laughs> yes. Yes. We all know everything I, I on the world it. wide web is 1000% accurate. Google. Uh, no, but, um, Another thing that we deal with, um, another obstacle we have to deal with is something called landlocking, all right, or landlocked. And that's essentially whether it's, you know, a national forest or a state park, or it wouldn't be a state park, but there are sections of public land, um, like BLM, you know, Bureau of Land Management, uh, where it's huntable, but it's landlocked, meaning it's this chunk of public land that's completely surrounded by private land. And there's no legal way to get there unless you have permission. And trust me when I say, if you approach someone who is anti-hunting and you say, hey, is it okay if I cross your border to just get to that public land? You are going to get an earful. Sure. So you would say, all the hunters I came across in Southern California, they're either flying out, going to Utah, going to Texas, doing a hunt. So to come across you, someone who actually hunts in Southern California on the public land, it's and then to go a step further and hunt with a recurve bow. <laughs> I mean, it's like we're talking a unicorn here. It's Again, just, I'm an idiot, so nobody should be following in my footsteps. But wait, so you means. started off compound, right? Started off so so I started off rifle like a long time ago. I've got what a kind lot of, of family in uh, in what, Texas. What kind of rifle? Oh man, no it was small rifles, like a two. 262? Now, that was, that was the time you hit the, the big The big, big hog. hog. What was that yeah. called? They, they called? The Alpha Hog. The Alpha Hog. He was a 300-plus pound hog. Still to this day, when I talk to my relatives out there, they're like, that's still the biggest thing we've ever seen come out of there. But anyway, uh, that was when um, I first kind of got introduced to all of that. Um, but then, you know, it was always kind of like an off and on occurrence. I would see my relatives, you know, once, twice a year, uh, usually over Thanksgiving break after Thanksgiving, we go on a hunt together and that was kind of our tradition, you know, so I really enjoyed it. But again, coming from Southern California and then only going out to Texas once or twice a year, you know, it didn't really help me out, so to speak. But again, I enjoyed it. Just wasn't a regular occurrence. Um, but then uh, a couple years ago, I started archery and I started taking a, f- a step further and uh, started, um, started bow hunting. And so when you start archery, you go into a shop? Is this just yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. You go to a shop, you, know, you look around, you kind of figure things out. Hopefully you're not going in there completely blind, but I'm sure a lot of people do. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, I um, actually, I've met... To this day, really good friends, really good friends out of archery shops, you know. Eric, uh, right. Eric, Eric, my buddy Eric. Eric, shout out, yeah. what's up, Don? AKA the uh, world's favorite ginger. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> ginger up in the house. Uh, so, hang on. Um, so, to kind of point, paint a picture here, a very local archery shop that sells guns just recently. Cl- I mean, not recently, but very. I mean, An we live in a shop that sells guns. Yeah, Faith. Oh, yes. Faith Armory. They closed down. Okay, now this was the only place that you could actually get your hands on a bow and shoot within a 40-minute drive of us. Now, we're talking, we live in a valley that's 300,000 probably. Yeah. And this is it as far as resources. And it closed down. And it's funny because that, so my wife, when I moved to Marietta, that shit closed down like within weeks 
of us moving down here. So and, that, and that'd be pretty, it's a 10 minute drive for you. It'd been, it'd been oh, nice. Yeah. And, yeah. and they closed down and they had all you know, the indoor range, everything. And it's, mm-hmm. it's done. Yeah. It goes to show you, like when I say it's, it's very rare to see someone take, take their balls and put them up on the mantle and say, I'm going <laughs> to hunt on public land and use the recurve. Yeah. Ball. So, the, so, so I shot, uh, I saw rifle, like I mentioned, and then I went to switch to a compound bow, uh, which is definitely, you know, a very high powered archery setup. Um, but, uh, and again, I shot my deer with a compound, but, and, and this year I'm going to be kind of coming back a little bit. I'm going to still shoot trad, but I'm also going to be using a compound as well. I'm so gonna... you're tapping out. For... No, so, hang absolutely on. not. So hang on. All right, let's get back to this. So, no, no, so, no, 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 no. Hang on. What? You, t- 2019, what is your deer count for 2019? Oh, dude. Give me it. Let's it's hear a, it. It's a big old goose egg. Bro. Goose egg, zero. Zero. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm very confident in the fact that if I could get an opportunity, I would take it, and I felt like I would be pretty successful to recurve, okay? So, so but my, my shooting range is literally ha- cut in half sure. with a compound. Absolutely. A compound, I could be effective at 60 yards, 65 yards with a traditional archery setup like my, um, I kind of mess around with a longbow and a recurve, but with the recurve this year that I hunted with, my effective range was literally like 20, 25 yards where I, I didn't feel comfortable um, taking a, a, you know, a kill shot at 30 yards. So you saying with a compound in your hand this year, you could have had some meat in the freezer. Absolutely. But I will say this, this year has been a crazy year and this isn't an excuse for anything, but I've talked to a lot of Southern California hunters and this year has been a fi- super... So five of you. What's that? The, the, all five yeah, of you. Yeah, all five of us, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's been a crazy year because everything has somewhat gone nocturnal and a lot of things have to do with that, like weather. You, I mean, you live going... out here, dude. Weather, it was how hot was it? I was 110. You're, you were scouting. You're inviting me to scout at 110. Yeah. yeah. After I got off of work. And I was... Exactly. Exactly. So all of so our season starts, you know, depending on where you are, like call it, you know, the general public is going to be right around August 25th. Okay. So you're thinking August 25th. So pretty much all of August or the late, the, the late part of August, September, it wasn't until like after Thanksgiving at some time where the temperatures started to, to dip so i'm out there hunting in september and it's literally 90 100 you ain't gonna see nothing move sure with those kind of temperatures and so that means if they're gonna be you know if they're sitting for that long throughout the day because it's 100 degrees outside they're not going to be doing anything until way past shooting light where you know the temperature finally dips down you know because i had i had pictures of bucks on my cameras at three o'clock in the morning, you know, when it's Cooler, 50 degrees yeah, outside, sure. you know, so it, it was just a very, very frustrating year. And, um, you know, I, I was, I was hunting areas where I was like, man, I've got some great sign going on. A lot of tracks, fresh tracks, fresh scat, trails, everything. But I couldn't see anything move during hunting hours. And then, you know, come to find out, everything's moving. When you say hunting hours, what are we talking about? So hunting hours is like, you know, depending on the time of year, it's, um, you know, it'd be like pretty much first light and then last light. So pretty much, you know, I think it's 
30 minutes before sun or I know that I know the end pretty much. I would never take a shot if I couldn't see anything, but Excellent. Um, uh, I believe it was like 30 minutes after sunset was like your last. And honestly, to be completely honest, if you time it and you look at your phone and see what time it is where it's like technically still shooting light, I would, unless I was right on top of something, I would, it's still pretty dark. Like when you're technically still allowed to shoot. So, you know, take so, that for So as the first of the year starts, your, your hunting season is over. That's it. Uh, well, so normally my hunting season would have been over um, a while ago, but I had something called when in this county, San Diego County, it was A22. And so that tag starts later. But it ends later. So my season actually went till December 31st. Um, and that antler, in the either sex tag, uh, it's called two different things, antlerless or either sex, meaning I could shoot a buck or a doe. And so, again, I put two stocks on this last, last final weekend um, on some does, saw a couple bucks. Uh, but, you know, just right now they're, you know, we're, they're kind of in the, the, the last part of their rut and so the rut is pretty much when the bucks are just trying to get some yeah and um and so this was like the the last part of their rut and so we got to see some some buck movement here and there but again we're we're you know we're doing what you call um spot and stock so we will go we'll find the highest point possible on top of a mountain and then we'll look in and try to glass something up you know and then and then if we glass something up Hopefully we see them early enough where we get to watch their habits and we see them bed and then we make a move. Um, you know, so like this last weekend, we didn't see, we would see things move till about 10 o'clock and then the middle of the day, which is pretty typical, absolute, absolutely dead. Okay. And then right around three, three thirty, things will start to move around again and then we try to make a move. But then you think three, three thirty, oh, it's pretty early, but really the sun sets right now at what, five? Yeah. You know, so dark, like that's you dusk, know, when you're yeah. two miles away up on top of a mountain. Your views. Well, you're line it's, of, it's go time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. Like because you only have an hour an hour and a half of true good shooting light. Um so, you know, that was kind of my my season in a nutshell. Uh super frustrating. Learned well, a ton. You, you kind of had big, big thing going. You had Arkansas this year, right? I Talk did to me have about Arkansas that. So, with my buddy Tim. Yeah, you had uh, that going on right at the end of November. Yeah, it was cool. We got to actually, I got to be a part of a film that was uh, for Base Maps, right or Base Map. Um, so and, can, we be, can we be expecting anything about that? Uh, well, rumor has it it's going to be on Amazon Prime. <laughs> Dropping Prime. <laughs> solid flex. Solid flex. So I'm getting, I'm getting Spencer Kirksey before he turns into the. <laughs> Amazon Prime star. Yeah, right, dude. Uh, no, but I, it was cool to be a part of that. Um, that that side of, you know, that creati- creative side has always interested me and to actually kind of be a part of it. Um, so, but this kind of played outside of your typical Southern California hunting where you're in a tree stand, actually. Tr- correct. Yeah. So the tree stand hunting is something you don't see very often in Southern California. Is, uh, is it, do you ever see it? I mean, is it? Oh yeah, you see it okay. for sure. But I would say it's one of the more uncommon. Uh, Why? Because there's no trees, or it's just the. Tre- um, it's just... Well, just because the way our terrain is, sure. a lot of people do spot and stock instead. Um, uh, for me, I do a lot of still hunting. Um, I do spot and stock, and I do still. So still hunting is essentially, and it's it's kind of like tree stand hunting, um, in a sense where you pick a spot 
and you're like, you know what, this is a really good spot. We're just gonna we're gonna sit on this spot and just roll the dice and hope that something comes through. Because what I would typically do, and that's how I shot my my buck from last year, is that I found a spot, and at that time I found water. And in Southern California, if you can find good water source, because we're, we're we are a desert, believe sure. it or not, yeah, don't we're water pretty your grass. dry. <laughs> They all got to drink it sometime, at some point. Um, and so if you can sit water, sit water. Um, doesn't guarantee anything because, again, they could be doing all their business nocturnally, um, which, again, was a big piece of this year. Uh, but, again, that's how I shot my buck. I, I, I sat over an area where I thought. The one last year, right? <clears throat> yep. And, uh, 2019. I guess, yeah, 2018. 2018, yep, yep. I shot it in September of last year. So, um, but anyway. didn't you hit a doe in the last year too? What's that? Did you hit a doe? Nope. Wait, so we ate a heart. That was from the. Uh... That was from the buck. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. that heart. Was... You want to tell everyone about that heart? Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, if you want <clears throat> grilling tips, I'll be more than happy to help you out. But <laughs> as far as big game, please do not contact me. <laughs> I can I can get you in, in in touch with person people that that know big game. But uh, big game's a whole other animal, and it that is, heart was it's crazy. It was so. Truth be told, we totally screwed that up. Yeah, it was because bad. we we were on the right track, but we kind of missed a step. And so, pretty much, a bunch of people hit hit me up after that. After I put that up on the gram. And I was like, dude, I was pretty disappointed. And so we smoked it, which is great. But then we should have, we should have hit it with your signature hot and fast of some sort, like on a cast iron full of butter or something. And we didn't. And man, that texture ruined me, dude. Absolutely ruined me. I thought you liked it. And I thought something was wrong with me because I, for a second, when I bit into it, I tasted straight blood. I wanted to, I wanted to throw up. Dude, truth be told, I always wanted to do fear factor. (laughs) I was all about the, the, the adventure, but I always see myself losing it on the eating part. Yeah. yeah. So oh, yeah. To, Dude, for me to like eat that like heart. horse dick and shit. Yeah, like screw that. that. Like, I'm not drinking. No. I'm not drinking. No. Cum of, yeah, uh, no, of any sort <laughs> of any sort. Yeah. No, uh, I was pretty disappointed, but again, I'll take full responsibility and say that we, no, that was, that was that experience. Up. And, and like I said, I'll default. I, I don't know anything about that. that. That's a whole different animal. Oh, it is. It's, it's, it's and it's not, if you don't live in Southern California and have been here, you don't realize the odds we're up against as far as access to to meat like most of the people in Midwest or East or that are hunting that, that have access to. I know nothing about it just because there's Spencer's the only p- person I know that that is is uh, attacking this this public land and, 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 and speaking out for it and, and trying to show that there is there's value in this land to stay public. But to have the knowledge of how to cook this, I know nothing about it. <laughs> we'll give you a perfect example. Uh, in California, we get uh, two deer tags. Okay. And then... Silver bullet time. Silver bullet. Tried to tried to hide it a little bit, but it's okay. Um, so we get two deer tags for the entire season. All right. You go to... Uh, who was I talking to? I can't remember where they were from. Somewhere in the Midwest. So when they purchase their hunting license for the year, they get six deer tags. Six. Like, what? That just, that just shows you, this gives you like the tiniest little snippet of what, or I should say the compare and contrast of 
what kind of numbers we're dealing with along with everybody else. So, so but there is rumor there's alpha trophy deers in Southern California. 100%. I've seen I've seen photos. I've seen them. So th- there's no My father-in-law slays, dude. He yeah. absolutely slays, yeah, but California. he he will literally track one deer for like an entire season. And What's he hunting with? Oh, he's he's bow, he's rifle, he's So in California, like the best deer hunting imaginable. It's a primo tag, so you have to put in for it, but it's pretty much up in like the X zones, which is like Northern California. Um, you got to put in for those. You don't get picked every year. It's actually like one every like five years you'll get drawn for this tag if you're lucky. Um, How, is it draw? Those are monsters. Is the draw random or are they actually uh, looking yeah, at? Yeah, it's random. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it, yes and no. So uh, if let's say, Paul, you put in for an X zone and you didn't get picked, you'd get what's called a preference point. The more preference points you get, the higher your well, right. we would like to think our the higher our name goes up the list. Um, so you know, in that area, you're looking at every one to or I should say every four to six years, you'd get picked for that. So did you put in for this X tag? I have not put in for this X on yet. Is there a reason why? Uh, I want to build up more points because I've got I only have like three points, four points. But you don't, you don't get points unless you're putting in for the tag, though, right? Well, so you can also do something, um, and it's kind of like a glitch in the system here, where I can put in for a point, and I can still get my two deer tags. And so pretty much what I'll do is, as my first option, I'll do a preference point. You can buy a preference point. You can only buy one a year. Preference point. Then I would do my, uh, my draw, my draw tag, which was my A22 this year. Um, it's it's technically a draw, but it's almost like a hundred percent acceptance rate. You know, they they give out plenty of tags because there's no damn deer. So they're like, <laughs> go for it, bro. Good luck. <laughs> go kill yourself. Uh, and so I do that, and then I get my OTC, my over the counter tag, and then I'm good to go. So that's what I've been doing the last three years, and then um, I will. That was, it's funny, Eric and I, my, my good bud, and he, he and I are kind of on the he same He shoots page. a re- recurve too, right? No, no, he shoots a compound. So he's, how does that work? He's when, a cheater. He's a cheater. <laughs> Eric, you're a cheater. Recurve next year. <laughs> so how does that work? Obviously, he's at the advantage because he's at a... Uh, yeah, so we had, we, we had a rule. It's like something just popped up on us. Like if we were together, and we try not to hunt together just because... I mean, we hunt together, but I'm, I'm talking about like... Well... So this weekend, this last, this last weekend where we were, we were out hunting, um, we, our kind of rule was like, if you glass it up and you want it, it's yours. You know what I mean? So there was a moment where I glassed up the doe. It was mine. And we decided to go for it, and we went for it. He glassed up the doe. It was his. He wanted it. We went for it. Is there a default to you because you're shooting with Well, so if we were still hunting, and let's say something comes in you know, 10, 20 yards, I would... I would take the shot. But if something's like, I would say 30 plus, I'd be like, dude, that's all you. Sure. Yeah, because you're, you've got a lot more moving parts with a compound. Sure. Uh, well, I'll dive in this a little bit. And the re- one of the reasons why I went traditional archery is because with a compound, there are so many moving parts, which are supposed to help you out. And for the most part, they do. But with that, it's kind of a double-edged sword. You know, because there are things that could be malfunctioning that you're not even aware of. 
um, that are not helping you out, not helping your accuracy. And then you think it's you and then you change this and you change that. And then before you know, you've gone down this crazy rabbit hole of like why your bow isn't shooting well when the reality is it's because something's malfunctioning that you didn't even know about. So uh, I had a meltdown during a hog hunt of you know, two years ago. Uh, it was actually a private land hog hunt. I got, I got invited to go out and it was, I say private land, but it was literally a thousand acres I was on. <laughs> um, and uh, I was shooting a compound and didn't get, actually, we saw like one hog the entire trip. We were out there for like five days. It was pretty brutal. There was like snow everywhere. Um, it, it was, it was not great, great setup, but, um, I was out there and we came in during the midday lull and I went to go just shoot my bow. My shit was way off, way off. And then I just had a meltdown. I was like, I'm over it. I'm over all of this, all these moving parts. I'm just over it. And so that's why I went trad and I, cause reality is it's like, it's a bow, a string and an arrow. And like, unless there's some catastrophic meltdown happening with your bow, which you will realize you'll be aware of it because it's, it's, it's so basic, you know? <laughs> so when I think, when I think trap, this is how non hunter I am. So when I think trad bow, I, I picture you out there with like Peter Pan with a quiver or not. Oh like, my God. <laughs> shut your mouth right now. <laughs> anyway, I went trad you're because there was less moving parts and I felt like if, if, if something was messing up, it was going to be me. Sure. It was me messing it up. So when you made that switch, you definitely had to switch your game. Oh up yeah, to, man. To, oh, man. And, and I think within one year and, and I'm never one to boast anything about myself, but with, within one year, not even, it even, it hasn't even been technically one calendar year yet, but I felt like I made really big strides uh, as far as uh, being comfortable and accuracy and all that. So as far as a traditional bow hunter, your game for accuracy and stalking has to be up big time. Yeah. Because you have to get that much closer for a kill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that, you know, (laughs) one of the common like trad bow hunts or I'm sorry, trad bow hunting uh, hashtags is like I like I, uh, I hunt close. Like that's one of them. Like a lot of people use that one, which is kind of funny. I don't use it, but a lot of people uh, use that one because it's true. What's like, your go-to hashtag for hunting? Uh, dude, I don't know. I Come use on, way pick too many one. hashtags. Pick one. Hunting. Uh, public land hunter, probably. There it is. Probably use that one a lot. Money. Yeah, because there is something this to be said about it. It's like so. Do you can sorry, it's harder. It's harder to to. There's. It's harder for multiple reasons. One. You're dealing with, unless you're sitting on a magical piece of land that's private, that's over a thousand, you know, 2,000, 3,000, 100,000 uh, acres, uh, you're hunting in more of a close proximity and it's probably only you hunting it. When you're talking about public land, you're dealing with hundreds of thousands of acres and there's a shit ton of other people trying oh, to hunt yeah, the same area sure. you're hunting. So it's, all five of you, yeah, all five of us. You know, it's a lot. <laughs> so, so you're you're well, you're very proud of being a public land hunter mm-hmm. in Southern California. Are you consider? Would you consider yourself an advocate for public land hunting? As far as um, I don't know if I, uh, I would just I would like to consider myself an advocate for just the use of public land. Sure. We kind of touched on that earlier. Yeah. It's just like we have beautiful public lands out here that are one getting mistreated there's i can't tell you how many times i'm out hunting 
and I see balloons, I see beer cans, I see like shit that just should not be out there. Sure. Um, and I actually have a good friend, uh, Kingston, and he organizes um, organizes some uh, uh, like little gatherings where um, people just get together for a weekend. You bring your own supplies, you camp out, and you just clean shit up. Sure. On public land. Sure. It's 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 pretty incredible. I know. He gets like, he'll get like 200, 300 people to show That's up. That's good. And they all band people together care. and try to sure. attack a certain area of public land to just clean it up. They did that for Joshua Tree. I think they did that two years in a row. And he, he hits other spots Joshua Tree is beautiful. Yeah. I, mean, I think there's only two places in the world that have that Joshua Tree. Yeah. And we're an hour away from one of them. Yeah, and that's the cool thing about California, and we talk a lot of shit about California with all the stupid regulations and rules that we have to deal with, but at the same time, we could be right here in Temecula, we can go drive 45 minutes and hit San Diego, be at a beach, all right? We can drive, what, two hours, hit snow, hit desert, hit mountains. No, we literally have it all Yeah, there's definitely a perk, especially for me, to it being a person who, who likes to grill. I have access to any kind of food, any kind of meat, yeah. any kind of produce that I want yeah. at my fingertips yeah. year round. You Avocados might take a little longer, but other than that, what do you want? I can make. I want less people here if that's what you're asking. <laughs> There's so many people out here and that's what was kind of ruined it, you yeah, know, because no, everyone wants sure. a piece of the pie. But no, I can definitely see that public land number shrinking if it's not being shown as as something that we want to hold on to for sure. I, I kind of want to switch gears, but before yeah. that, um, I want to know if there's any hunters you look up to. Now, I know your father-in-law played a big influence with your hunting and has really inspired you, but is there anyone besides your father-in-law who has really you look up to as a hunter? Um, well, I would, I would say there's a couple guys. Um, Tim Burnett, who's solo hunter. I think he's a really, really good person to look up to. And then... Um, He's probably like, he's literally the godfather of solo hunting. I mean, that's his brand name, Solo Hunter. Uh, but he was the guy who's like self-filming everything. I think that's where a lot of people want to film all their own hunts and everything, and but they have to do it themselves because it is expensive to hire, you sure. know, uh, typically, unless you're good friends with somebody, um, to uh, to bring somebody on. Um, and so you do all this, this self-filming. And he just, you know, his, his morals and the... And, you know, the things that he stands by. He's a great guy. And probably the other one would be Steve Rinella from Meat Eater. You know, yeah, he's two awesome. Guys. Um, I got to meet Tim, never met Steve. Uh, but both of them just huge public land advocates and just uh, really, really good names to uh, to at least listen to. For sure. No, I think Steve along. just came out with the new uh, uh, cookbook, too. Yeah. Uh, definitely worth a yeah. look at. No, he's, he's great. He's sure. great. Uh, is there anyone you're competing against? Is there like, no, come on, there's been a silent compete. Like, no way. Come on. No Are you way. competing with yourself? No, yeah, exactly. If you're competing with somebody else, dude, come on. But you're sports driven, like you're totally, totally. And, but, and, and I'm hunt- trying to get past that, dude. I was I was bred like that, dude. And and uh the ego is a dangerous thing, man. But hunting, that doesn't that's not no, that's I mean, not the right I mean, choice. It's out there, but man, that's you're you're I think you're uh, missing the point, dude. If if, if, if you're hunting, it was driving you. Yeah, that's fair enough. You know, I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm competing against anybody. I'm just trying to get better every year. Spoken like a, like a true scholar. <laughs> true scholar. 
<laughs> a gentleman and a, a gentleman and a scholar. <laughs> All right. So if you had your choice, either for one trophy deer this year, big alpha Southern California deer, mm-hmm. or five average deer this year, what would you have taken? Oh, I would 100% take the five average deers because at the end of the day, I'm all about putting meat in the freezer. Didn't do a good job of that this year, but uh, yeah, I'm, I I get it. There's some people who just like, you know, they chase that unicorn. They chase that that huge buck. What's that called? The the grab, the, what do you call the it? The dude? grip and grin. The, <laughs> grip, and the, grin. the grip and grin. Not a big grip and grin guy either. I mean, but again, you know, I don't do a whole lot of grip and grins anyway. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, I just, yeah, I, I would much rather uh, be able to fill the freezer with five, just five deers. Just because if you think about it, at least for me, it's just like the size of the antlers on whatever I kill. I mean, that's just the tiniest little part of it and something that I really don't want to draw a lot of attention to or focus on, uh, regardless of what, it, you know, if it's a 200-inch deer or salad tongs, you know, <laughs> I really don't care. Looks uh, good on the wall. Yeah, I know. It's like, that's awesome. And I, I feel like if you're putting it up on the wall, it's just like you wanting to, like, give respect to it. You know what I mean? At least that's my own personal opinion on it. Uh, but to be able to provide, um, I'll never forget when I shot my hog, uh, from feels like ions ago now, uh, I would bring it to a barbecue and I got it made in pork chops and sausage. And, um, I remember bringing it out and people were like, Oh man, like, where'd you get this? And like, I shot <laughs> it. Shot it. That's right. <laughs> With these two hands right That's here. Like I took that thing out, you know what I mean? And, and like, it's just a totally different connection to your food that I feel like is completely lost. You're not you going to the mean? supermarket. Like, I've got, you've got meat eaters, people who actually eat meat. We're not talking about vegans or vegetarians. We're talking about people who actually eat meat who are like some of the biggest anti-hunters in the world. That blows my mind. It's because you're going to, you're, you're going to put me down. You're going to like give me death threats. For the record, I've never gotten a death threat, but that happens. I see that all the time with other hunters. Um, just some of the most ridiculous things you could ever imagine to come out of someone's mouth towards somebody else. Uh, yet we're doing the same thing. We're both eating meat. I just choose to go get it myself. You choose to have somebody do it for sure, you. Absolutely. You know, you want a faceless, you know, person to do all the dirty work for you. Um, and I like literally my buck last year, my hands were the only hands that touched it. I That's mean, awesome. Well, there's something to be said Eric about that. and my, Eric's hands and my father-in-law's hands were the only hands that touched that meat the entire time from field to table, the only hands. That's awesome. You know, and you know, there, don't get me wrong. We love barbecuing. We love all that kind of stuff, but do we really know where that meat's coming no. from? Do we ever, we, I, I saw some statistic and it was like over a thousand hands or something like that could, Jeez. could easily touch your, your meat that you're buying from the store. It could touch that in no problem a thousand or something like that before it even gets packaged. That's a little that's scary. A big, that's a, a big scary. number. And so yeah. I'm just trying to do that. I'm trying to um, limit my my imprint on on that space. Right on. All right. So uh, last question. I'm going to move on here. Okay. All right. Arkansas. It's cold. You're in a tree stand. <laughs> Southern California. <laughs> 
It's fourth quarter last weekend. Oh, man. You're stalking. You're ready to go. Is there ever a moment in your mind where you just want to quit? Of course. Of course. There's always that. We always have that inner bitch, dude. Everyone's got that inner bitch that tells them, you know, dude, just go back. Remember how warm your bed was? Or remember, you know, how good that felt? Just go back. Go back to the warm. Go back to the comfort, you know. Um, but I feel like that separates, you know, what's pushing the savages you? from what's the... pushing you? You're up at 4, 3 o'clock in the morning. And oh, yeah, man. We get... You're going. I, I, I would say the thing that's pushing me is, you know... I mean, you're not guaranteed anything. Nothing. Yeah, nothing. Anything. I mean, thankfully, we live in a society today where we can afford to miss on a hunt and yeah. still go to the store. My tribe would have kicked me out. Yeah, this you're year, bro. You, They'd be like, bro, you bring nothing to this table. You've been skinny? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, bro, you're pretty funny, but like that's not gonna cut it, bro. Like yeah. you're out. You're out. Uh, they would have sent you they would you'd been outcasted if you're in a survivor. Totally, island. dude. They'd be like, what were you doing out there? Um no, I, I what pushes me is just you know, the kind of the great unknown, you know, like being able to just go out there and try to make something happen. So I was, you know, out in Arkansas and it was, it was pretty funny. I'm not going to lie. Like I was, I mean, people saw me on Instagram where I was sitting there like literally about to die. It was so cold. The wind was just ripping through me like razor blades. Um, but you know, it's funny. We, we got there during the rut. And so I got to see a true rut where there is a buck like full sprint, uh, with its, <laughs> its nose up a doe's ass just trying to get some. Uh, and I got to witness all that, which is super cool. But then we got hit with this gnarly storm. You probably saw like <laughs> yeah. our, our, uh, our tent completely flooded. Like it was an absolute shit show. Uh, we adapted, overcame. Uh, but then after that storm, we just saw the, the numbers of the deer. We saw 50 deer the first day. That's crazy. And then just boom, that got cut in half. And then that got cut in half. And then that got cut in half. And by the last day, so my Hail Mary fourth quarter pass, I sat in a stand for nine hours. Okay. I didn't move. I didn't see a damn thing come out until literally minutes before <laughs> last life. And it was a buck. It was a shooter. It was a beautiful duck. Beautiful buck. But I saw it come out at like 100 yards. Okay. He started to kind of move towards me. And then he just drifted off. He never got closer than 80 yards probably. And that was my hunt. But it was funny because I was sitting there. I'm like, wow, like this is it. And then he pops up. I'm like, oh my God, this is the story that everyone (laughs) everyone wants to tell. Because like I literally sat there all day, seven days nothing and, the and cold, then literally the, the last two minutes yep. you know whatever it was but um but yeah it was again don't regret anything of that trip it was so much fun to be a part of that um and we'll see you on amazon prime shortly <laughs> yeah we'll see me on amazon prime i'll yeah. let you uh, but yeah no it was, it was a great time great experience got to learn tons um and i got to be working with cool people and cool, cool companies right so it's a good time all right let's go uh I want to switch gears here. So uh, let's talk about your fitness. Well documented on your stories. Kettlebell. The kettlebell. Yeah, for sure. So I've done it all, man. I feel like, uh, you know, I was super into powerlifting for a while. Um, you talking like Olympic 
yeah, clean like truck, Olympic lifts cleans, and stuff like that, clean. snatches, deadlifts, cleans, all that kind of this stuff. This was on your own or this was yeah, just on my own. Uh, it's funny. I, I normally do most stuff on my own. I see something cool and I try to figure it out, much like you. Yeah, for you're, sure. You're a true savage in that way. But um, uh, so, yeah, I did, I did that for a while. Um, I've always had a really bad lower back. I got in a car accident in high school and my hips shifted pretty bad. So I've always dealt with lower back pain. And then I was just at a point where I was, I was doing impressive things with, uh, Olympic lifting and powerlifting. But then I was, I was like, okay, what am I doing this for? You know what I mean? And I wasn't competing by any means. Um, and so I just kind of stopped. So after that, uh, and kettlebells have always been kind of a thing for me. I'm a big, big fan of on it. Um, there's a lot of um, social media accounts I like to follow with kettle that involve kettlebells and movement. Who's some like of the uh, who are some of the accounts you follow? Oh man, you put me on the spot. I don't know their I don't know their names like off the top of my head. But my guy, uh, uh, Steve, uh, Steve Lane, I think his uh, account is uh, was it Peak. Primal something. We got you, man. We'll, get you. We'll, we'll, we'll at you at the end. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll add them. Uh, yeah, there's, I mean, there's just like a couple of people I just follow who just, you know, know their way around kettlebells and it's, it's good motivation. And it's, you ever uh, been uh, the type of guy just to be flexing in the mirror? And, and Absolutely not. Absolutely. I've always been big bone, bro. Always been b- big bone. I've always had like an extra 15. But you've never been the type just to be uh, throwing down some curls with no, some dumb curls for the girls. Curls for the girls, bench no. press, and only curls I do are twelve ounces. Twelve ounces, that's right. Cool <laughs> lot. Hit me um, up, course. Sponsor me. <laughs> uh, so now uh, you're. Would you say you're hunting? Actually, your workout routine is it geared more to to get you in shape for your hunt? Or you- uh, yeah, I mean, so I'm a lifelong. Advocate fitness for, advocate sure, for sure absolutely. like i because you, you you help even in your professional life you teach uh yep 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 i'm a physical education teacher and athletic director so like like sports athletics fitness just straight up physical activity has always always been a part of my life um uh, you know i'm lucky enough to do it for a profession but uh, personally um you know i've got the um the mental capacity of a gnat so i cannot work out for that long as much as i do enjoy it and i do it you know so we're um, talking about like 30 minute sessions just i mean okay well 30 minutes told, might be long i mean you and i have worked yeah, no, out together yeah no we worked those out are quick hitters yeah bro. those are good and in the good thing about it is that you and i work out the same we think of the same as far as the workout excuse me but it, it was good it was, it was right on right on where i yeah I like to work so out. i think i think fast super difficult high intensity high intensity yeah and get her done. The metabolic, get your get your heart rate up. And, and again, then... I am I am all for what, whatever floats your boat. But for me personally, I cannot be in a gym for over an hour. I'm sorry, I can't do it. I just my 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 brain goes other places. I f- keep thinking about all the other things I need to do. Um, and I mean, that's I mean. But that's... you can't get up before work five a.m., three a.m., four a.m. You can't go to it. I've done it. I've you, done it. But you can't. And I, and I no. can only do it for a little while. You can't go to like out. LA Fitness 24. You can't Hell go. Hell no. no. Hell no. That's why I got my own setup. I That's got right. all my kettlebells, speed rope, battle ropes, slam ball. I used to have the whole, you know, bumper plate and squat rack set up. You remember that? Yeah. Um, but that, and that kind of gears you up for the hunting season. And it's time. Totally. To, yeah, for sure. Totally. That core, and, that tactical and I, training. And I started to, and again, 
we do a lot of up and down, a lot of elevation. Sure, the terrain's change. not the terrain's not nice. Yeah. Yeah, we 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 move a yeah. lot. We're not sta- we're not sitting in a tree stand. We move a lot, um, and so I try to do my best. And again, I've I started running early in the mornings when I get to work. And you hate running, right? And I hate running, but when I'm on a trail, I'm out in the wilderness. It's I can swallow it. You know sure. what I mean? That's a pill I can swallow. You taking any supplements? Uh, no, not really. Okay. I started taking some uh, some stuff from uh, what was that company? Ancestral, I feel like. Uh, yeah, Ancestral. Uh, and it's super random, and people think I'm super weird to do it, but um, they specialize in like uh, in animal organs. So, <laughs> so okay, so perfect. I know, I know. People would be like, and I'm out. <laughs> but seriously, uh, there's a reason why the alpha wolf. Gets the liver. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Uh, because it's the most nutrient-dense part of that animal, you know, when they make a kill in the wild. Um, and so uh, I'm, I'm taking a supplement from them. And I just started taking it, so I really can't speak much on it. But um, it's, it's, uh, it's like beef liver, beef kidney, beef whatever. You, you know? burp in liver? Mid-day? Dude, I had some gnarly burps. Like I'm not fish, gonna lie. fish burps. Yeah, yeah, Those I had some gnarly ones. But yeah, as far as dietary stuff, I'm like, I'm like anybody else. I've got like an inner fat kid that just loves to thrive. But um, you know, during if I'm if I'm being a good boy, I'm doing you know veggies, lots of veggies, meat, very little fruit, just to stay away from the sugar. Yeah, prime, just pretty much like a primal. Primal. Yeah. Keep it primal, dude. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's that's at least what I try to do. But you're not you're not choking down any creatine. No, no. no. You're not doing, chugging down the, the protein. I used to do all that, dude. Sure. Uh, and But then, you know, I really, you know, I really like to try to at least try to focus on eating real. Dude, it's, it's weird that the I think the FDA does not um, – have the same regulation regulations as they do on food as they do yeah. supplements. Yeah, so there's a really very, weird. you could literally just, I watched something on that where it's like, you could make some garbage supplement product product, get, you know, some bullshit, super, like, uh, uh, some bullshit, um, uh, cert- certification on it. Um, and slap a label on it and call sure. it a day, yeah, yeah. you know, and, the, and, and it's almost completely unregulated. It blows my mind. When you're getting into it. Now, I know you played a little semi-pro baseball. Yeah. Shout out. Back, back in the days. Back in the days. Yeah, low-key flex. <laughs> <laughs> so the- yeah, I played all through college. Played one year of uh, semi-professional. And then I was just over it. Yeah, I, well, so the thing about when I was an athlete, I played baseball my whole life. I never got to play anything Wait, else. Wait, technically you're, you're still an athlete. You're bar- hashtag barbecue Bar-B- athlete. Hashtag, hashtag barbecue athlete. Uh I never got to play anything else. So I was like, you know, mid to late twenties. Uh, and I was just burnt out. I wasn't, my heart wasn't in anymore. It was a job. Um, I just wasn't enjoying it. Like I used to. Could you have made that next step if you were in it? Could you have making that, getting that call? What what position did you play actually? I was first baseman. I was short for first base. I'm six foot, but usually You'll see a first baseman like six four, six. Did you five. hit? Did you, I mean, oh, yeah, did yeah. you go yard? I had, nice, I had a nice stick. I had a nice glove though. You know, I could pick pretty much anything, um, but I didn't have like the big six five frame that most uh, most uh, scouts were looking for. Um, but I was left handed, so that helped. Uh, but didn't help enough, obviously. <laughs> but honestly, I think I think probably a lot of people saw 
early on what I didn't see until I was really, really over it. And yeah. I think they knew that I probably uh, was over it before I even knew I was over it. Um, uh, but anyway, yeah, it was it was one of those things I would played my entire life and I just got burnt out. And um, that's something that I, I preached to a lot of, you know, in, in my quote, real life. Um, I preach to a lot of parents is like the early specialization of sports. It just crushes youth sports and it crushes athletes. Just let them do as many things as possible. And then once they get, you know, once you figure out what their sport is, still let them, you know, work through other sports. Just even though if like, even if you know, they're not going to be a basketball player, let them play basketball. Let, Let them go for it. Okay. Like, I can't tell you how many people and how many kids I meet who I know, and they're good, but I know they're going to burn out. And, you know, I, can't, I couldn't tell you a specific number, but it's going to be between five, eight, maybe 10 years, they're going to burn out. And it's because they just got force-fed that one sport. And I'm not trying to talk shit on, any, on my parents, but they said, oh, he's good at baseball? Let's just focus on baseball. And they didn't mean for it to happen that way, but that's just kind of how it went down. But I could not stress enough to parents that I coach now or parents that I run into a lot. It's just like, let them broaden their spectrum as much as they can now. And then once they're older, like high school, mid-high school, I would say, once they, once they get there and you're like, okay, soccer or football or baseball or whatever it is that's their bread and butter then let's 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 like hone down and focus on that a little more but i i'm i'm literally running into like third grade boys and girls who are like nope my kid she's a volleyball player or my kid he's a soccer player or my kid's a xyz it's like you're, you're gonna burn that yeah, kid you're out. only gonna get that prime number of years where you're mentally and physically capable of doing both and you're just locked in yeah so let them like i get it your kid's a really good soccer player awesome but it doesn't mean he or she needs to play soccer spring summer fall winter like they don't need to do it every single season let them mix it up because one it'll keep their mind off of it two they'll get to actually learn some other skills that will indirectly help them with that quote their sport. Sure. Uh, do you feel like you left it on the table for baseball? Is that chapter done? Do you, oh, there... yeah. Yeah. I mean, the chapter's done. Uh, that's why I got into coaching, you know. Um, was, it, was it those who can't play coach? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Um, but, I mean, I knew baseball inside and out. So, I was like, all right, well, that's going to be the next step, you know, is the coach. Do you, um, did you learn from what you felt your coaches did wrong or – Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. No, I know where you're going with that. He's like, yeah, I, I, um, uh, I learned a lot from coaches that I couldn't stand, and I learned a lot from coaches that um, I, you know, thought the world of. You know, um, even even as young adults, we're all sponges. You know, you're around sure. a certain type of personality for a long period of time, and you're gonna you're going to pick up some traits. I feel like those good coaches always made the transition from sport you played to life. And they always kind mm-hmm. of integrated both and it, yeah. both, both uh, meanings or both life and sports kind of covered in the coaches meaning. So it was always pretty good like that. Yeah, absolutely. No, it, it's, it's the coaches that 
can only or like so one dimensional. Sure. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And those are the ones that burn you out. You know, I one of my last coaches, unfortunately, uh, in college, uh, he was somebody who just that's all he cared about was baseball. And it's just like, that's not healthy. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's not healthy. You know, you got you to mix it up. Got to mix it up. Balance. So besides your uh, back injury from your car accident, is there any other injury you had, uh, either sports or hunting, that set you back? Uh, yeah, before high school, I had a stress fracture in my throwing shoulder from too much baseball. Weird, right? <laughs> I was literally on three different all-star teams. Minor flex. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, dude, I, I, was, um, I was just playing too much ball, throwing too much. And I had a, a stress fracture that actually put me back probably like a year and a half. Because one, I was young and I didn't really understand like actual physical therapy. And I didn't really have anybody really, really monitoring it. Um, and yeah, just being young and dumb. You know, and just not taking physical therapy seriously. So it really kind of set me back a lot. Look at you, just stallion now, just slanging, slanging some, yeah. some kettlebells. And yeah, yeah. The back still hurts you? Uh, oh, yeah, all the time, dude. Well, today was actually a bad day. Now you, now you bring it up. Today was a bad day. Some days are better than others. But yeah, pretty much I got in a car accident. And on impact, my hips shifted out of place. So like technically, one of my legs, it's not by much. But one of them is shorter. And so the only way to correct that is literally, like, for a lifetime, go to physical therapy. And I ain't got time for that. Anybody got time for that? <laughs> I ain't got, nobody got time for that. So. All right, brother. I want to go into to the realm I'm comfortable in now. <laughs> grilling. Putting me. Oh, we're talking about grilling. Yeah, oh. we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna slide, it, slide it in. Oh, wow. Just All tip. Right. <laughs> just tip. Just like that. Uh, so uh, you recently upped your game. Yes. Camp Chef. You got this beautiful, beautiful woodwind yes, sitting out there that we have. Camp chef I was actually there. happy that you invited me over to to, to uh, set it up. Um, and of course, who else would I bring over? Right on the goat, the goat, the, yeah, the king sure. of Menifee. And, and I didn't know much about Township to begin with, but they did. They did definitely hit a home run with this woodwind. Mm-hmm. Um, its price point is about a thousand dollars with the sear box. The sear, I, I can't believe the attachments. Yeah, uh, dude, Chris, next level to to stay right there with one grill and smoke and uh they actually have the the feature where you can while you're smoking open up that that grill box and see it right there but then you can obviously go to the sidekick and throw on uh some sear marks right there it's, it's pretty awesome the wi-fi pid they call it that little uh knob screen to feature is awesome you use the wi-fi option a lot um I just, I want to see uh, a pellet smoke company. I want to see a, a, a pellet company make a better thermometer. Dang. Yeah. Put them all on blast. All of them. I, I don't know why my Thermoworks Thermopop is beautiful. It's narrow thermometer. And I think as you're starting to see the grill, yeah. your grill game go up. Yeah, big time, dude. And it's, especially for me, pictures are a big thing. So I don't want some meat probed. Uh, hold up looking like swiss cheese so it's big to me but you know camp chef definitely hit home run with this this is uh if you're not if you're in the market for uh, a pellet smoker definitely look at camp chef uh 
It's even, so easy. It's so easy. Yeah. Uh, it really takes my, I'm not going to lie. It takes the skill out. <laughs> right. Right. Mine. And my, and when people ask me about, uh, grills, I, I always say use, I always promote, or I say go to a uh, Weber, Weber kettle, just because you're going to learn a lot about a lot about it. Yeah. But it, obviously, uh, things are different. Um, pellet grills. I feel like it's the new, uh, it's, it's the new, new thing. It's the new it's wave. New thing, it's, yeah. it's the new iPhone where every year, these pellet companies have to make the latest and greatest. It's like the iPhone. Mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, the market's crazy. I think Traeger did a great job of, of marketing and, and pushing the envelope. And they're making other uh, companies uh, step up their game. So I think every year we could see definitely a new pellet grill from the big, the big hitters coming out every year. Uh, I know Masterbuilt re- recently put out a, a, a charcoal gravity-fed uh, smoker that I definitely want to see firsthand but uh i'm glad you have this camp chef because <laughs> i'm glad i have you with this camp chef for sure yeah no you it, it works it works out great i mean I, it's it's the it's a it's a good combo because i'm i'm uh, i use my uh my green mountain grill but it definitely does have the nice features that you do and so i'm a little little jealous it's yeah a little when nice. we were when we were uh setting it up i could i could See the jealousy oozing out of your pores. Yeah. But I'm glad when I come over, you default to me to cook. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Which, which I typically don't like because this is your house. It's your grill. No but, way, dude. But, no way. You get to mess with a different toy. And yeah, for you're sure. over your boy's house, dude. Yeah. Come on, dude. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's uh, dude, having that thing has been a complete game changer for the household. Uh, but having you as my... <laughs> <laughs> as my right hand man when it comes to to uh grilling advice um man i haven't i haven't missed yet so no, yeah you, you and, haven't missed yet so and you got this right before the holidays so it worked right out pretty good holidays, and yeah. you got a new house the yeah. new grill yeah. so it's kind of fell in a place where you're hosting people and yeah. they're coming over it's perfect and, it's perfect just blowing minds left and right it's right, amazing right <laughs> and, and, and to smoke a turkey you smoked your turkey mm-hmm. to smoke a turkey that was the first thing i think absolutely it? no well we did the deer heart true that doesn't really count that doesn't though, count right? that was just that was, that's the only miss we <laughs> had <laughs> yeah, yeah. but the turkey i still feel like a lot of people never really had smoked turkey oh the spatchcock smoked turkey yes. was absolutely next level and that was like a last minute uh, a last minute thing because we were not supposed to be in town for right. Thanksgiving and then just we were where were we Lake Arrowhead and we got absolutely dumped on and we knew we weren't going to be we're, we weren't going to be able to get out because of all the snowfall if we didn't leave right then and there and then we got back we got back here at like 11 o'clock at night or something like that and I was remember I was texting you <laughs> so yeah I hit up staters and I was like dude alright we gotta make this happen it was, like, it was like one of four turkeys left on the shelf I can't believe yeah I can't believe you found a, a turkey yeah. that was not frozen because I was afraid you were gonna grab a frozen turkey mm-hmm. and I was like dude it's over yeah. like that's not yeah. We're, yeah. we're past that yeah, we're past the point but yeah we did did a little expedited brine on it and uh dude we made it happen that was good and ever time. since then you've been throwing down some dude some solid did i feel like i know my way around a tri-tip now i did it three days in a three row, row yeah. for three different christmas parties uh but yeah tri-tip we've done the wings now by the way the wings you just threw down were so epic dude. dude that's good so good. it's crazy how just duck fat spray mm-hmm. and some reload rub can just really Dude. change the game and the yes. right temp if i could say anything to anyone it's all about temperature whether yes. and that's kind of the thing I, I try to take home with you when we first started talking for his barbecue was your temperature when you take the meat out when you put it on and you pull it off and you rest it it's yeah. all key if you can get those right you can make dirt taste good mm-hmm. and uh i think you've kind of seen that and you kind of 
yeah. uh, defaulted to, to let me help you and, and really step up your game. So Absolutely. it's been nice. Absolutely. Check the egos and just check let, the egos and let, let the king of Menifee take me to school. Right on. Uh, so with that being said, I've seen when your dad came over the summertime, you defaulted to him mm-hmm. and let him cook. He was the king of the grill. Yes. Always. 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 He's your old man, right? Right. You and know, then he's the one and, who's supposed to teach you. And then thanks or not Thanksgiving. Christmas, he came over and and yeah. you sat him down. And you said, yeah. Dad, it's gonna change this year. Yeah. And he questioned every single move and, imaginable. And you stayed confident and he just, Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say I stayed completely confident because I was hitting you up on the side, be like, Hey bro, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if this is gonna work out. And I but I stuck to the guns. Um, and he was speechless. He le- legitimately said he was speechless. Right. I mean, I think there's, there's still, I think the barbecue world is big and I think Traeger's helped that and, and this new products have helped it. But I still think there's a lot of people that don't know the capabilities of reverse sear or mm-hmm. smoking or two zone cooking on, on a charcoal grill. Mm-hmm. So like you said, there, there's our dads and there's a generation that still thinks that their way is going to be the best. Well, they go off a of time. Sure. I, my dad would go off a of color and he'd go off a of time. And that was that. We didn't have probes. We didn't have thermometers really, you know, when, with the barbecue game back in the day, you know, and, and to his credit, he would be smoking stuff the old fashioned way Dang, where you're soaking chips and you're doing all that. And like, you know, you're actually monitoring, like truly monitoring a temperature. What's, what's your fondest or earliest barbecue memory? Was it with your dad? Just oh, so hands down, my dad would throw down a pretty serious ri- ribeye back in the day. Um, he would Charcoal go saute, sauteed onions and spinach, some garlic, and then a big old ribeye on a charcoal. You're going to try to outdo him? Gonna... Of course, I have to. I have to. <laughs> that's where the competitive spirit comes back see in. there you go see but here's the thing though like when we did that christmas thing and again he was questioning my every single move uh but he's also a guy who when i said i'm gonna pull it at this temp and then he gave me that look where he's like what you're like that's not long enough and then i was like yeah but then i'm gonna reverse sear it he's like well, what's reverse searing so he didn't even know what reverse searing was so and that's not a knock on him it's just a different generation you know, it's a it's a different time in the barbecue life. So I could see I could see a, a twinkle in your eye with grilling. I feel like there's a new aspect of people asking you mm-hmm. and, and questioning you for grilling that's come 100%, about. Hundred percent. And there's yeah. a new confidence in your grill game. Yeah, dude. So I think we could say you've graduated from. Hundred percent. I'm B-B- no longer a white belt. You feel like I'm out of the white. You graduated belt. from BBB. Yes. Basic bitch barbecue. Yes. <laughs> so glad I don't have to wear that that. Uh, that crown anymore or that uh uh what is that the princess one the tiara uh, no tia, Lea, not i want to say that why well, i said leotard uh, <laughs> tiara 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 there you go there you go leotard i mean they wear those two <laughs> uh so is there a difference when people ask are asking you barbecue questions i know you said uh, you did your romaine lettuce and people kind of hit mm-hmm. you up about that is there a difference? I, mean, I did your ramon, ramon you didn't mind ramon, romaine lettuce is there a difference between people asking you hunting tips for versus uh, barbecue tips? Is there a newfound passion? Oh, definitely a newfound. Well, so here's the thing with like social media and everything. It's like, I love being able to help. You know, I'll never be like, oh, you're doing it wrong. You're doing like, I'll never be that guy, you know. But if someone comes to me with a question, I will do everything in my damnedest power to try to help them. And 
it's never really been me with barbecue, but now Camp Chef's rolling, things are coming out, looking prime. People are starting to hit me up with barbecue stuff, and it's pretty cool. So when when Reload first hit you up, was there a little hesitancy? Totally. Were you just kind of like totally? I'm like you're gonna have to show your cooking. Yeah. So here's the thing: I love to cook. Love it. I have food prep for my wife and I for six days a week, every week, twenty four seven. Okay. Uh, but that said, for the most part, I would keep it pretty simple. Okay. Um, and with not much variety, to be honest. Uh, but now I've got that piece of art out there, uh, that really does the, uh, does all the hard work for me. Yeah. I feel like everything's just really got elevated. So when Reload would have asked, when Reload would have asked you to be uh, part of the squad ambassador, were you, was there? Well, that's the thing. It's like all you look at, you look at all of the people from Reload, all the squad members, and they're all like, <laughs> in my eyes, I'm like, these guys are absolute grill masters. What the hell am I doing <laughs> next to these guys? <laughs> um, and yeah, there was some he- hesitancy for sure, but. Um, you know, I th- but I think they knew that like one, you know, and, and obviously reloads a big, a big part of the barbecue space, but they also are a part of the hunting space as well. Sure. You know, Joel, who's, you know, the founder, creator of reload, um, you know, he's a big hunter as well. And so I think that was kind of the part where he, you know, felt comfortable bringing me on. Um, obviously I cook. And I do all that, and I grill and all that kind of stuff, but I wasn't taking it to the level that most people are taking it. Now, I'm trying to, I'm trying to hang with the big boys, yeah, like yourself. So. so, what's the one thing you've kind of surprised yourself on grilling? I know you've done the tri-tip to turkey. What's the one thing you're just kind of like, damn, like, dude? Honestly, that that turkey, and it's funny, it's one of the first things I tried to smoke on there. Um, that turkey surprised the hell out of me because I had the lowest expectations <laughs> possible. Because it's not like most things where you could just like kind of set and forget it. Like there's some checking up to do, you know, like kind of some like quarter turns every like 30 to 40 minutes. You want to, you know, I was like uh, pouring a little butter on it, you know, uh, just to, to keep things looking fresh. Um, but when it came out, I was like, oh, God, this is probably going to be... It's a big deal. I mean, people are thinking about Thanksgiving. It's a long cook, too. It's a long cook. People are thinking about They're looking forward to Thanksgiving, looking forward to the meal. And typically, you're going to go to the house that has the best cook or the best house. And it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, luckily, there wasn't a huge amount of pressure because, again, like I said, Thanksgiving was like... We weren't supposed to host our own Thanksgiving. So it was literally just my wife and I because we did it so last minute. But, of course... Just like everything else in my life, I want to do really well. So, yeah, there was this added pressure of like, oh man, I really hope I didn't like drop the ball on this <laughs> because you're not, you can't, you're only running out the Del Taco if, this, if it doesn't. I know we're gonna go get Chinese food or something like that. <laughs> Thanksgiving has not many options. Yeah, hopefully yeah. You got some backup. Plan. Um, but that was probably the moment where I was like, oh shit, like I could do this. You know, I can do this through your guidance, obviously, but I can do this. I got and, you, buddy. And uh, yeah, that, that spatchcock smoked turkey was really good. And again, Could you aside ever... from that deer heart, first thing I personally, you know, tried to go after. And I was, um, I was pretty impressed. Could you see yourself uh, wanting to host 
Absolutely. Next time again. Absolutely. Absolutely. And 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 so I got to host uh, a Christmas party, a couple of Christmas parties, and it was something that I've I've always like I've always been the guy at the grill, but like never never anything to like I said never anything like super major. You wanted hot dogs, you wanted sausages, you wanted whatever. Like yeah, I'll I'll, I'll handle it. You know, probably won't be like the greatest thing in the world, but it'll be good. But like having people come over. And them asking and like people wanting me to cook because no, now that they've seen the things that I've been able to do, like, you know, I, I did backstraps. I've done, uh, what did I do? I've done a bunch of tri-tip now. I've done a bunch of random things now where I like, I'm feeling confident with. And, uh, and yeah, so now it's like, I'm, I'm down to host. Bring them on. So are we changing the, the Instagram handle to like <laughs> yeah. Spencer Barbecue Grilling? Athlete? <laughs> S- SK Barbecue Athlete? Yeah, right on. Absolutely. Man, that's awesome. Oh, shit. Um, all right. So I want to get into something kind of fun and new here. Uh-oh. Uh, segment I want to call Questions from the Gram. Uh-oh. You ready? Oh god! So I, I reached you out. You warned me a little bit. I you did. Warned me. I, you don't know these questions, and yep. uh, I hit up the gram to to send any questions that they wanted, and the people have spoken. Oh god! You ready? I'm ready. It gets pretty good. It's not bad. I don't have to be timed or anything, right? It's no, like you're true hot seat, right? No, this, you're on the grill. <laughs> is this technically the part of being on the grill this right is, here? Yeah, this is this is pretty <laughs> much it. All right, uh, big Travis from. At Travis Backyard Barbecue, Dallas oh. Fort Worth in the house. Yeah. So You've been, been a DFW? Uh, no. No? No. What is that? Dallas Fort Worth? No. Never been to Dallas. Been to Austin a shit ton, but Austin's nice. never been to Dallas. Uh, Big Travis wants to know, um, what started your love for the outdoors and cooking? What started the outdoors? My love for the outdoors? Well, I kind of, you know, I've kind of mentioned earlier it's like i've just always i grew up in a very rural area and just like running up creek beds and running up mountains and just being out till you know sun goes down like that's always kind of my lifestyle growing up is just being outside being outdoors being in the mountains being in the trees being with all the wildlife outside topanga topanga t-town T-town. (laughs) the hippie the hippie yeah where all the hippies and rednecks go um literally that's kind of how i grew up but yeah, and, and just having, just being able to grow up in that kind of a, a scene um, really was a, uh, a, a big part of me just enjoying uh, the great outdoors and, um, and just, uh, yeah, just being a part of that and, and, and just having that, that newfound respect for the outdoors because I was literally in it. I mean, there'd be, it's funny. You know, as a younger kid, didn't really register. Now that I'm a hunter, I'm like, dude, there's deer up and down our property all the time. Raccoons, squirrels, you name it. Owls, everything. You know, like just dealing with all that kind of stuff on a regular basis. Um, and yeah, you, I mean, that Topanga area was big. I mean, you were in the mountains pretty much. I mean, just, Oh, yeah, yeah. We were, we were up in it, up in it, you know. And um, uh, it was a super cool, area, super cool place to grow up because I literally would just my childhood was me just like running around tr- creek beds and just like exploring and going on random adventures with a little kid, like all by ourselves. I feel like we we're like the last generation to like, absolutely, you know, yeah, for like, sure. like be home at dark. You know what I mean? Like it's that true. doesn't exist anymore. No, Everyone's yeah. got a tracker on their own kids <laughs> yeah. now, you know? And, uh, I, yeah, I feel like I was probably that, that last, 
dying breed of uh, of kids where it's just like see you when we see you. Yeah, no, for sure. You Streetlight, know? come on. Yeah, I just put cookies in my hoodie and bounce. There you go. There you go. And so and so with that and cooking, um, and again, my dad, New York Italian, always cooking, always grilling something up. Uh, he traveled a lot as um, as I grew up. So he'd be gone for a week and then be back for a week, gone for a week, back for a week. And so when he would come home, dude, it was on. He would be grilling. He'd be cooking. And again, New York Italian, they don't mess around, dude. They don't mess around. So he would be cooking some gourmet shit up all the time. And so that's kind of how I, um, you know, how both those things kind of interconnected for so me. So do you think he realized at Christmas when he made that tri-tip, it was the changing of the guard, the passing uh, of the guard? I don't know if it's a full change. But I feel like he was like, oh, shit, All right. little man, <laughs> little man coming up big. Finally get the respect I deserve, Dad. <laughs> Years of therapy, Jeez, finally man. crumbling to the ground. I always had to just impress you with my cooking. <laughs> yeah. All right, next question. Um, the, the big hard one, the big glare as a hunter. Anonymous asks, it's always tough when it's anonymous, Greg, yeah. asks, why do you like to kill animals? All right. Um, well, so I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's like the like to kill. You know what I mean? It's a hard thing to do. I am not going to pretend that that's not a thing. It's very, very hard to be a part of that process. Um, why am I a part of that process? Well, one, it's in our nature. Okay. Uh, to not hunt is uh, is actually going against the way we became what we are, okay? It's part of our history. Hunters and gatherers, okay? It's a part of it. So to not hunt is actually going against our history, all right? When we do, when we are a part of something like that, like this, it's being able, and I touched on this before, it's like being able to provide for family and friends, being able to know exactly where your food comes from, um, being able to be a part of the camaraderie. I mean, you'll see it time and time again where, you know, a group of friends go out, you know, they go on elk hunt, they go on whatever hunt it is, um, and dudes are crying, dudes are high-fiving, dudes are hugging, because you go through this crazy torment to get to where you actually get a shot. You know what I mean? Get, actually get an opportunity. And that's what I was talking about. It's like, all I wanted was an opportunity. I didn't, never really got much of an opportunity this year, aside from like very, very late in the season. Um, but being able to go through all those miles, all those like false hopes, you know, all those close calls that never became something, um, to go through all that and then finally get it done, just so you can know where like your food comes from. It's a big deal, sure. you know. It's it's a big deal, and it's it's never taken lightly, or it never should be taken lightly. Um, so, you know, to ask why do I like killing animals, I would feel like I would say it's not that I like doing it, but it's something that we should all do. Yeah, right. I, I feel like if you're um, if you've never hunted for your own food, I would strongly suggest you take the necessary steps to try to be. Part, at least a part of that process because I think, and again, I mentioned this earlier that we have such a disconnect now with the food that we eat. Um, and again, that's probably 
a subconscious reason also why I do what I do um, is because I, I like to be connected. I, yeah, I sure. like to know exactly where things are going, yeah. coming from. If you're so, doing it humanely and you're doing legally, legally yeah, exactly, th- there yeah. needs to be some applause for doing that. I mean, there's, there could be, and thankfully, thankfully we live in a time where we're provided the, the food that we need to, to nourish ourselves and our family and provide. But as, like you said, we can, we can help bridge that gap and, and hunt recreationally or, or if you, that's what only solely want to eat, we're provided that, that, uh, that benefit. So absolutely right on. All right. So I got a question from Joel and Stacy at reload, Rob. Oh no. All right. Now what I want you to do is get over at reloadrob.com and, uh, check out what they got. This is a beautiful company. Great people. Joel and Stacy are amazing. Uh, be sure to use promo code CODA10. Or code, or, or, or code Kirksey. I mean, either one will work, but Kirksey's probably better. Code of 10. <laughs> code of 10. It's a way it works way better. All right. So Joel and Stacy wants to know, uh, what's the one thing you want to cook, but you are intimidated to attempt? Okay. True transparency right now. I really want to do the brisket, but I'm intimidated. For real, because it's one, it's a long cook yes. and it requires a lot of attention. I feel like um, I'm gonna get there 100. I'm gonna get there. I actually was talking to my wife about just going for it. Not uh, not that long ago. So. But it's expensive too. Totally, totally. <laughs> but I mean, I'm a teacher, so I make a lot of money. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like one of those one things where you just like, if I mess this up. We're still got to go go find food. To yeah. Eat. I mean, hey, we live in a time where I can just go get Chinese food. Yeah. I always go to Chinese food as my staple. Orange chicken, chow mein, like I'm all in. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, but I feel like through the guidance of Paul over here, <laughs> I probably could make something halfway decent. So, uh, yeah. Um, so, Paul, uh, don't be surprised if you get a couple text messages from me in like the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'm going to give it a go. But yeah, that, I would say that's one of the things that I'm like uh, pretty intimidated. I would say if it wasn't going to be brisket, it would have been backstrap, but crushed it. Nailed not it. That, not that long ago. Backstrap. backstrap because what will happen is people are so scared of pink, you know, and they literally turn the most tender, most beautiful part of that animal, that backstrap, into a fucking hockey puck. And it's barely edible. I mean, depending on the seasoning you're using, it's barely edible. Uh, but people get so scared of that pink and that red in there. But trust the process. Trust the process. Nothing. Pull that guy at a reasonable temp. I think we pulled at 120-ish. I can't remember, to be honest. But we pulled it, let it rest, gave it a good reload seasoning before we threw it on there. And it was absolutely lights out dude i just threw down reload rub brisket magnum uh last weekend it was Mm. it was good it was good i want to do it actually again all right well you can come over and do that for me right on all right next question our guy marcus from hunting with marcus go check him out that guy yeah that guy dude has some epic hunts and some pretty good seats at blazer games uh he wants to know what's your favorite vegan meat substitute (laughs) Vegan meat substitute. Okay, well, I've never actually had a vegan meat substitute. Uh, But let's say, so, you know, Marcus isn't very educated, so I'll try to, like, dissect this, make this an actual question. 
Um, so let's say a, a meat substitute where a protein substitute would be, okay? Uh, I, man, does fish count? <laughs> <laughs> I love fish. I love Dude, fish. let's okay. Here's the deal. You need to quit hunting fish. We got San Diego and we got Point Loma right know, down the street. Dude, it's so funny. I talked. I talked to my 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 five other hunting friends, <laughs> <laughs> all of Southern California. Uh, but you know, whenever we talk about it, we're like, dude, we need to go fishing more. So people are not flying on a plane to jump over here to hunt, but they are flying down from uh, Alaska, Oregon to fish our waters. Crazy. Crazy. And you are publicly putting it out on a platform of being a public hunter in Southern California. I know. I need to be a public land fisher. <laughs> Fisherman. <laughs> public water. But there's, it gets tricky. The good fishing is uh, in Mexico water. So you got to yes. do the passports and stuff. So yes. It's tricky. I did. And dude, lo and behold, I do have a story. I can't feel that bad because I skunked on a fishing trip, charter fishing trip, where that whole week they were hitting the limit and I skunked myself in uh, Pacific line barbecue at, uh, Keegan. What's up, buddy? We skunked. And so we're trying to get back at it, but I, I did not put the effort and time. We were drinking at 6 a.m. So <laughs> I think that little... might inhibit your fishing capabilities. Yeah. <laughs> Cracking colons at 6 a.m. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I know Marcus is trying to be a smart ass right now. Uh, so I'm not going to give him the time of day. I'm going to tell you fish, buddy. Fish. That's my go-to. All right. Does Spencer Kirksey drive a Prius? <sighs> Absolutely not. <laughs> How dare whoever said that? Was that Marcus again? Yeah. God. Wow. Wow. I need to, I need to read over these questions before I let you read these <laughs> no out. No way. Um, no, bro. Ta- taco. Let's go. Taco. Come on, bro. All terrains on the taco. All right, on a scale of 1 to 10, how good of a grill master is SK Ofishi? 1 out of 10, I'm like at a 3 right now. 3. It's good. We're, going, we're climbing up we're fast. We're climbing, though. We're climbing. Holidays we're climbing. are good. Yeah. You got a good Holidays base. Holidays bump me up. Again, I'm not, I'm not a white belt anymore. I feel confident. Dude, it's hard, honestly, to, to cook for people, to cook for yourself and practice. I do a lot of uh, recipe development. When you're in the lab? When the lab, the GWK <laughs> lab, I call it. <laughs> Black gloves on. Um yeah, it's, tunes, it, tunes blaring. Do tunes and a beer. Like I got some. You've kind of found out. I've been. I'm a bit of a diva. Hard to work with. Mm. I got very certain ways. But I'm glad I'm learning from you. From someone hard, who like. I'm a hard. Literally ass. is like to the finest detail. Absolutely. Worrying about everything. Yeah. yeah I'm I, glad I'm learning from you. Yeah. It's. It's. It, that's why it works out good when I'm by myself. And I. Yeah. It, I do. And the way I teach is definitely hard ass too. So. Uh, dude, I remember you were giving me shit over the way I was, I was putting seasoning on. He's okay. like, oh man, the way you're putting seasoning on is driving me crazy. I was like, <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, it's bad. Dude. I'm OCD. I, I think to, there's a certain point of uh, a grill master or, or someone who grills a lot. There has to be OCD. Um, so and I definitely have it. But, wow. yeah. uh, I de- but, but for me, it's, I mean, that's my page. That's, that's what I'm promoting. Um, so definitely my... My cook is, is, is has to be as good as my presentation for sure. So, but um, uh, it doesn't doesn't really translate to everyone, which I understand. But you've been good to it, and your cooks have been pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, thank you, buddy. All right, so let's see. Um, just how buttery are your biscuits? <laughs> I want to know who this is. This is from. Oh, this is Marcus. God, are all of them Marcus? No, there's. We, we, good we God. 
Marcus, you could just text me if you want to know these answers, bro. He wasn't here live. But uh, these biscuits are pretty damn buttery, and you know that. <laughs> you know this. You know that. He also wants to know what grade did you stop gymnastics? <laughs> uh, God. I'm not answering that. You're such a dick. <laughs> if Spencer Kersey could be a color, what would it be? That's a question. Oh my God. Do, do people want to? OD Green. <laughs> OD. What's OD? Uh, it's just oh. the color. It's like this color right here. OD. It's like blaze. Like olive, or... olive drab. Oh. Drab? 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 Okay. Sure. Drab? Drahibi? Sure. It's a dark green, bro. Hey. Marcus, your questions have been answered. And they're never going to be answered ever again. You're not allowed to answer the question box ever again. Round table, Marcus. Uh, me, you, Spencer. What's up next? Yeah, we actually do need to make that happen. That would be All a right. lot of fun. Last question. Coming from the one, the only, Mrs. Buttery Biscuits herself. What? Yes. What? She chimed in. Wow. Uh, let's see what she said here. She said, uh, what? Where did the term buttery biscuits come from? It's a great question. Wow. The wifey coming in with the, she came in the hitter. She came in hot. Um, heavy with this question. So where did it come from? Uh, I honestly don't really remember. I just remember, you know, I'd be, you know, I'd be a frequent Instagram story person where I would be shooting my groups or whatever um, and showing off groups or whatnot, um, showing off progress when I'd be shooting and whenever I'd hit a good group, I'd be like buttery biscuits right there. And then it just started like the, I would start getting tagged in them. Um, people would start tagging me with all this crazy stuff and it just took off. Dude, 16,000 followers. True. That's I don't know lot. why. That's a lot. <laughs> I have no idea That's why. That's a lot. But uh, I appreciate all of them. What do you think people are drawn to you from? Um, Probably because I don't take myself too seriously, I would feel like, to be honest. Um, you know, Instagram is, let's be honest, it's a, uh, it's a highlight reel, right? It's the best of the best. Um, I try not to do that. I mean, like, I take pride and I take, I think, pretty cool photos and videos sometimes. But um, on the everyday part of life, I... I try to keep it real and I try to keep it fun and I uh, try to be authentic with people. And I think some people are drawn to that. But for sure, I don't know. Well Maybe said. It could be my devil shoot looks. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last question. Uh, wife, Mrs. Kirksey, would like to know what do you love most about your wife? Oh, I knew she would do something <laughs> like that. Uh, my wife is the sweetest, most thoughtful, most caring woman I've ever met in my life. She's my best friend. Um, she always has my best interest at heart. She's made me a better person a hundred percent. Um, and yeah, I literally, when I'm not, I, she, I don't think she believes me, but when I leave for like a long hunting trip, I genuinely miss her. And when I come back, I'm just filled with that much more love when I, when I come and I get to see her again. Um, I don't know if she believes me, <laughs> but it's, it, that is a true fact. I, I do, uh, I do miss her tremendously when I come back from long hunting trips and any guy that hunts who says that he doesn't miss his wife is a lying sack of shit or and he actually doesn't love his wife. 
and he's not trying to get good. And he's not trying to get time with the boys. To yeah, go he's not trying to take. Hey, I get time with the boys. How dare you? That's right. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, my wife's amazing. Right on. All right, Spencer, you are officially off the grill. Damn. Appreciate you joining me, dude. This was a blast. Thank you for good. letting me be numero uno. That's it. Inaugural. Let's go. Let's do this. All right, guys. Appreciate you listening in. Uh, go ahead and follow my guest, Spencer Kirksey at Spencer Kirksey Official. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.